So then she filters through using, almost grades them against core values and like the standard of success. So what we're looking for. You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Jasmine, I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. I feel like you were such a part of my life for a solid four <laughs> months um, as we were building our course together. And I'm so grateful to you and so excited to have you on the show and talk through some of what you've learned in being a boss, building a team and, and all of that stuff. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start out by giving giving the listeners um, quick little overview of, I guess, what your business does. Let's start there. So quick overview of what you do and um, the business that you have. Sure. So we have, I have a done for you course creation agency. So what that means is very similar to ghostwriting a book. We ghostwrite online programs. We work with an expert like yourself. We mine their brain for all of their genius. And then we put that genius into a streamlined step-by-step process that a student can follow and get results. Amazing. And I have to say, hiring you to help me build my first course was so amazing for so many things. I think obviously you're just an expert in creating really great curriculums and really making things... um, I, I know a lot about the content that I wanted, but I don't know, really know the best way to teach it. And you taught me so much of that, but also you were just such a cheerleader and somebody who <laughs> so gave me so much confidence that what I was creating was actually worth something and that people would love. Um, so quick little shout out to anybody listening. If you are thinking about building a course, but scared, like you've got to check <laughs> out Jasmine and what her team does. So that is a little free plug um, because you seriously, I don't, I would never have created a course, let alone, I'm now thinking of another one if it wasn't for you. So um, just want to say that. Well, so, it was a pleasure to work with you. We loved your content. So that well, made it fun for us too. Well, thanks. So give us a little bit of a background of what you did before you started this this journey and did you take, or this business, and did you take any other entrepreneurial journeys before you got here? Yeah. So I was a inner city school teacher. I taught uh, kindergarten and first grade in the lowest performing school in the country, which was in Detroit, Michigan at the time. And a lot of what I learned there in terms of teaching completely translates because now what I'm doing is the exact same thing, but for adults rather than kids. Um, but, but there's a ton of crossover there. And then also like the resiliency factor of what it takes to work with kids in that kind of environment and the compassion that it takes. A lot of that really translates into entrepreneurship. You know, so many entrepreneurs are like, <laughs> entrepreneurship is the hardest job in the world. And like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. And I'm so overwhelmed. And I'm just like, boozang, like this is a cake walk compared to what my first year of teaching was like truly, truly. So, um, yeah, a lot of that I bring into what we do today and there's definitely been some ups and downs along the Mm -hmm. journey. I wasn't always doing done for you course creation. Um, but I think that foundation that I got as a teacher in that environment is totally everything that I use today. For sure. I mean, 
entrepreneurship is just a mindset game, right? Like that's really what it is. <laughs> it's just a mindset game. I feel like, um, mm-hmm. so I'd love to dig in a little bit because what I found so cool about us working together is that you actually have a team that you have supporting you in a lot of, a lot of the stuff you do. I mean, I feel like every time you're like, Oh, I I got someone who can do that. Oh, I got someone who can do this. And I'm like, how do you always got someone to do things? So like, (laughs) how did you start? How did you, I guess at what moment did you realize you needed to start offloading some of the work that you do for clients? Do you remember that, that moment in which you're like, Whoa, I need help. Um, I'd love just to kind of go back to that. Yeah. I mean, my, one of my first, my first two hires, they kind of happened pretty similar to each other. One was a, um, administrative assistant kind of a deal, not exactly an EA, but more of someone who was like, who could just take some of the backend techie stuff. Right. So in a lot of this world, like for you, that would be Kajabi, right? Like what's the platform that we're building on. Uh, and I realized so much of this was just like literally uploading thumbnails. Like I don't need to be spending my time uploading thumbnails right? My clients don't need to be spending time uploading. Nobody needs to be spending their time uploading thumbnails. Okay. So I I realized that what I do as a teacher, great. I can train anybody. Right. So I was very like, I always had a lot of confidence in the idea that I could train someone. Um, and I think my biggest worry back then was just making the wrong hire because we hear so often, like, it's not who you hire, it's who you fail to fire. And I was just like, what if I hire the wrong person and then I have to like fire them and that would be so awful. And like, that was really my fear there. Um, And so I just did what I could to prepare myself, study, train. And then that, that first hire, her name's Ada. She's been with me for over two years now and like was totally the right call. I love her to bits and, um, and, and like just passing off those tasks that were really easy to delegate was like my first move. And then I hired a graphic designer because I was limited in what I could do. So that was hiring from a different place. Like I couldn't train this person in graphic design because I wasn't an expert myself, but I could tell her what I didn't like and what I liked. And I could give her ideas and like ideate with her. And so when I, and still to this day with her name's Alona, she's still with us. She's been with us for going on two years. It'll be two years in about a month. And with her, I would like draw on sticky notes, like, here's what I want. And I would send that to her and that would, and she was, she would run with it and go. And so like one of our um, core values is jumps in. And so like hiring based on that is really what gave me success with her, even though I didn't like really, I couldn't help make her better other than like, I would like buy her training for like, if she wanted a graphic design training program, I'd be like, yeah, here, you know, let's buy it. Go train. Yeah. Yeah. I love that core value so much jumps in. Um, it's a great one. Oh my gosh. Okay. That leads me to some more questions, but I'm going to stay down this first train of thought. That I had. Um, and so are both of, were both of those hires, um, international hires or are they in, located in the United States? Yeah, they were international. I made my first, uh, American hires, uh, four or five months ago. Wow. So, yeah, so I worked with um, pretty much people out of the Philippines. I have one team member in Pakistan. Um, but yeah, I worked with an international team for like a year and a half before I made, within the course creation world, before I made any other like right. hires here. So, yeah. so how did you even know that hire, outsourcing some of your work 
you know, internationally was a thing? How did you come to, to one, realize that was even a thing that you could do in your business? It was in a course that I took. Really? Amazing. Yeah. yeah there was okay. a course that I took called um, Business by Design with James Wedmore. And he talks about it and he's like, here's what he basically gave us. Like, here's where he hires from and a sample job description. And I added some things to it based on what I, I was studying, like traction at the time. And like some of those more business ops oriented books. And I just took it and ran with it. So you weren't, so you're going through this course and you weren't like, oh my gosh, can I actually do this? Or were you just like, I'm going to try it and see how it goes. Cause I feel like so many listeners wouldn't, they would learn it and be like, okay, this is an option, but it's really outside of my comfort zone. So I'm not even going to try it. Like how did, I'm curious how you got the confidence to just go for it. I mean, at this point I've been in business for like four years. So it wasn't that I had never worked with other people before contractors or otherwise, mm -hmm. this would just be my first hire of someone that I didn't know mm. and kind of just like fell into place. Like there had been other people I had, like I was running a mastermind before I did this and I hired a facilitator, but he came from within my group. Got it. And so it was just this thing mm -hmm. that kind of like naturally happened. I didn't work for it. And so when it came to this, it, it was new in terms of like this, I'd be interviewing people. I'd never really interviewed anyone before. I'd be doing work samples. Like that was new, like managing people on projects was never something I'd done. Um, but I, I think I'd been in the game long enough. I was like, I know this is the next level. I know I just need to upgrade my thinking. This is clearly the next step. I'm never going to grow this if it's just me. And you know what? I'm freaking tired. So let's like delegate some of this stuff. And I just yeah. kind of went for it. Amazing. Okay. So then can you walk us through what your process is when you go to hire somebody? It, let's, let's use the Philippines, for example. I guess in your experience, what types of roles do very well outsourced to folks in that community? Um, let's start there. That's my first question. What types of roles do you feel like you can find really great people in the Philippines to, um, work on? I have, I just actually hired this week a, a third amazing graphic designer. So graphic designers, I've had incredible luck with over there. I mean, everything from like logos <laughs> to thumbnails, like it really runs the gamut. Um, I also have done really well with kind of, like I said, the admin VA, the data entry, mm -hmm. inbox management to some extent. I know that you can do a lot with them with inbox management, but it's just, I'm not all the way yet, there yet. Um, I also, this isn't first person experience, but I do have a, a dear friend who she has a really great video editor mm. and a really great podcast editor that she both hired through the same platform that I typically use. So keeping that in mind, it's also like you have to realize with the time zone, when you're doing work, like the turnaround time, you have to get is longer because the time is, I think it's like 12 hours apart or maybe yeah. even more. So because of that, I always like to give them as much time as possible. So it's, I put it on me that like, I have to be really freaking prepared because it's not fair yeah. for me to be like, oh, sorry, didn't realize. And then I need it tomorrow. Right. And so because of the time zone, you need to give them extra buffer time. And also because of the extra buffer time, 
I'm very clear in my expectations with our clients, specifically around like design work. Like I can't turn this around overnight because they're not even going to get it. If I send it to them now, they won't see it until tomorrow morning, 30, 12 hours later, and they need at least a day. So mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. mindful of that stuff for sure. Um, okay. So let's, let's also walk listeners through, you know, what platform do you use for hiring? And can you also give an overview of what your process is like? Do you feel comfortable sharing your trades, trade hiring secrets? Well, it's, it's basically the hiring school process. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for that shout out. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it is though. I mean, I, I, I remember hiring before we had done some work together. It was pretty similar, but then there was just some like nuances and tweaks. I think that I learned from, from you that have been really helpful. Um, so the platform that I use is called onlinejobs.ph. And I will say it is a filtering. You need, you need to filter. You will get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications. So now I'm at a point where I've outsourced hiring these people to Ara. So she, she goes through the first step, which is, posting the job application and then receiving the like the application emails. So we post it on online jobs and kind of like LinkedIn, you can apply on the platform. Kind of like but we Upwork, tell them, specific- right? Right. Yep. But specifically we tell them in the job description, send us an email at this address with your favorite dog breed in the type, in the subject line. Cause we love dogs. And that is a huge filtering mechanism on itself because I might get, I don't know, 300 people click apply on the, on the actual post inside of the platform, but I only have 25 send me emails. Mm-hmm. Like it's wild. They just don't mm-hmm. read it. You know, it's same thing think, on LinkedIn. Yeah, for sure. I also want to put a disclaimer in here because I do think that somebody listening to this may think this is a good idea to do on all of their job postings, even in the United, like here in the US. And if you put that on like an Indeed job posting or a LinkedIn job posting, it's probably not going to have the same effect as it would in a job site like what you're describing, where there's truly bots that trick the system. Here in the US, we don't have bots doing that. So it's not going to be as effective um, for job postings like that for full-time hires as it is, I think, for a system like Philippine, you know, what, I can't remember what the thing is, but um, I just want to like make that disclaimer because I do think it's really important to know that distinction. Yeah. Hiring for different roles, different kind of strategies. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. How cool for her that she started for you as a, you know, part-time, she, probably, she may be still part-time. And now she's playing like a a leadership role in helping you build your team. Like that has got to be so amazing for her and her life and her confidence. And, and, um, how, how cool is that? It's, it's really amazing to see them grow. I think that's the coolest thing about team is Mm -hmm. like, you just see them shift and evolve and grow quickly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. with, I mean, kind of like in the classroom, like positive reinforcement goes a really, really long way. So mm-hmm. in their first few months, that's essentially all I do is I just yeah. positive, tell them all the things that I like with small things to fix. Mm-hmm. And then totally. they're and like, goes with any you know, employee, uh huh. Mm-hmm. we forget that we yeah. jump to being critical. Yeah. I do. I'm guilty of that because my brain thinks that way. Like it's, it's very hard. You have to, you have to intentionally think about praising somebody. The criticism comes pretty easy for most people. 
But to think about how to praise someone, I think takes so much more intention. Do you find that? Absolutely. And especially with clients, right? Because we have clients, like these people are creating work for clients. And so the clients, they come in with a critical eye, a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking Mm -hmm. like, oh, let me tell this person how they did a good job. You know, they're not here for that. Totally. They're here to get the work they want done right. Okay, let's get back on track. So you post the job, you put that little like, tell us your favorite dog breed. Mm-hmm. She Then what happens? So then she filters through using, she like almost grades them against core values and like the standard of success. So what we're looking for. So with graphic design, they send us their portfolio and we're looking for things like, have you worked with people that are like our clients before? Um, have you done the type of work we do, like presentations, workbooks, etc., And then against our core values, just based on how they present themselves in their, their email and their response and even their resumes and things you can tell, like, like one of our core values is hungry for growth, which you can actually see on a resume, mm-hmm. you know, are they taking totally. continuing education? Are they trying to get new certifications? Like you can see that kind of stuff. Uh, and then from there, she she takes it from like usually 25 to something like seven to 10 and she'll do a 15 minute interview with them. And that's just a few quick questions just to get a sense and a feel for how they communicate, for how excited they are, for what they actually are excited about, because it's really important to me that they're doing work that they're excited about, like mm. incredibly important. And so if they come to me and they're like, oh, well, I really love designing websites. That's like, that's a yellow flag because we don't really do that. We do things that go on websites, but we don't like do them themselves. So she'll still filter for all those kinds of things and then takes it down to three. And then I have a final interview with three. And typically all three of those pass through to the last stage, which is like a work sample. And I pay them for that. And it's like the one I did this week, there was one slide that had like a tricky kind of uh, diagram on it. And so I sent them an example of what I wanted from like Google. And I said, redesign this using their branding. And so I sent it out for three people. I had two people actually do it. And one person was the clear, was the clear uh, best hire. Nice. Awesome. And then you onboard them. Do you actually onboard them through that platform or do you onboard them? Um, Meaning like, do you pay them through that platform or how do you like process payment and track hours for somebody who is not in the United States? We use Toggle for time tracking, and then we use I use Veeam, V E E M, to pay them. There's a there's a quite a few platforms out there to pay them with. I find that's been the easiest. And they invoice me, and on their invoice they put the um, the Toggle report. Cool, awesome. That seems pretty simple. Doesn't have mm-hmm. to be that complicated. Okay, amazing. Mm-hmm. So very similar. So, so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, great. I don't have a VA or an administrative assistant to help me with this. You can do all of those steps that Jasmine just described on your own. And it doesn't take that, that long. And you can also test into it, right? Like maybe a great way for you to start is you're like, okay, I have this one project I need help with. I'm, I want to hire someone just to help me with this one project. And I want to see how it goes. Like you can like dip your toe in on projects, right? Instead of committing to like 10 hours a week for indefinite amounts of time. Um, that may be a great way to try it. Yeah. I did that with my instructional designers is like, they actually write content that goes inside of programs. And I was like, we're just going to do a project together. 
And we're going to see if you like it, if I like it, because it's a commitment, you know, you just built your program. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like It's a commitment. And, you know, so it's like, okay, let's be engaged before we get married. Yeah, totally. Amazing. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that listeners are feeling more confident about the different and also knowledgeable about the different ways that you could onboard people into your business. It doesn't have to be a full-time hire. It can be a part-time international hire. And it's a lot simpler now than, than you may think. Um, switching gears quick, I'd love to talk about how you got over, I guess, what types of checks and balances do you have for the people on your team who are producing client work? I, there's a lot of folks who listen to the show that I think, you know, are working with clients in some capacity, um, creating deliverables and what have you. And a thought that goes on in people's head is nobody can do this as good as me. Like nobody can service my clients as good as me. Um, what types of checks and balances do you have in place before something goes to a client? And how do you kind of work with your team beforehand, before something goes out to a client to make sure that it's up to your standards? Well, I'll admit we're not perfect at this yet. I'd say we're probably like a B minus at this. Okay. Right I, I really um, could commend the honesty. <laughs> if I could, if I could grade myself. So I think the, it's a balance, right? It's a balance between trusting the team and allowing them to make mistakes so that they can grow and like delivering the highest quality possible for the client. So where we're at currently in that balance is that kind of needs an explanation of our process, but things pass through me before they get to the client. So there's And this is where it's challenging right now is there's multiple layers of revision, meaning the content gets written, it goes to the design, design design does their work, then it comes back to me, and then they do their first revision, like the Jasmine revision, and then it goes to the client, and then there's usually one, there's always one revision for the most part, sometimes two revisions from the client. It's not that money. It's not that many, but you got to realize like a slide deck could be 120 slides. So we're talking like, that's a lot of freaking revision, right? (laughs) Um, So it's, it's something that I'm optimizing for my thought. And I'd love any feed. We can just workshop this live here. Let's do it. Is having someone kind of in place as like design lead. Mm. And then maybe they review it before it comes to me. So by the time it gets to me, it's like, "Mm, beautiful rather than, oh, okay, let's change some things. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it's a great idea. I guess what comes to mind for me would be that design lead may have to be more involved in some of the client calls, I would imagine, because I have to imagine that a lot of the, the fixes are because, oh, this is not the, the vibe they're going for or the brand they're going for. Then more of that than like true design principles, I guess I would imagine, but maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. I mean, the, so we have these, we have learning experience designers, right. And they write the content and it's just the Mm -hmm. convergence of the skills because Mm -hmm. they're good at content and design is good at design. But These two things go together and I'm the one with the most experience bringing those things together with a business eye. Yeah. Right. So when we start talking about how can we create soft upsells, where can we include gamification, like those kinds of more advanced elements. Could you, here's a crazy idea. (laughs) These podcast, the listeners are, I don't know, maybe this is helpful for them, them. but crazy idea time. 
after you maybe do like an intake, I don't know what you call it, but so your first meeting with the client and get an idea of what they're looking to create, different elements of course design you want to put in as well as brand, could you like film a video and show examples that could, that are relevant? And maybe it's a minute long video that you send to your lead designer so that they get a feel for what the client is looking for and at least like give them a brief. And then you could see if that's enough for them to then give feedback to the, uh, to, to maybe more of the junior folks. That that's an idea mm -hmm. of something you could try. Yeah, for sure. I will let you know how it goes. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. So sounds like you're still in a little bit of the gatekeeper, which I get isn't super scalable, but also works for you now. Um, are there systems or, I mean, one thing I loved about working with you is how organized you are. And I think a lot of times people, um, especially as you're growing a team, you don't know what you don't know, right? So you don't even know about some of the systems you can use to help manage your team. Can you share some of the platforms that you love for collaborating with your team and managing projects so that some of the listeners can t maybe go take a look at them and see if they could work in their business? Yeah, so we use ClickUp for pretty much everything, which is a project management tool. And uh, it's helpful because it has automations in there. So meaning when a status gets changed, it can automatically create a task. So if a, if a learning experience designer goes in and changes the status to ready for design, it creates a task for the designer automatically. And that kind of thing just saves so much in process and flow. So, you know, our client delivery piece is in there, but also everything else in our, in our business is in there. So everything lives in one place, which is beautiful. Um, we also really enjoy Slack, which is, you know, most people use Slack, but Slack mm -hmm. is good for project updates and just quick things to fill people in on in a way that doesn't like, we don't have to go into the project management and read a thing and get a note. It's just like, you know, Friday yeah. update for the week. Here we are. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. I, there is so much value too in, in the automation because it allows you, it allows things to keep moving, especially when you have different time zones, because things can, you can be getting alerts when you're asleep because the team is doing work. It just makes it so much, I think, simpler for you to get work done um, and not have to be online at the same time. So that's, that's great. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to have you back on the show to talk about other things, but I really think the listeners will benefit from just the confidence in knowing other people who've been successful in outsourcing some work and onboarding folks in different places of the world. I think it's the future of work. And the more you test into it, the the, the more confident you're going to be. So thank you for sharing some of the tips and tricks and, and all of that stuff. You know, the show, this show's all about, holy shit, I'm the boss. Like I'm the one that has to, to do this. I'm the adult in the room. Can you, do you, can you remember any moments in your business where you were like, oh shit, I, I'm the one who gets to do this. Anything that stands out either recently or at the beginning of growing your business that you want to share? I mean, this morning I filed my escort paperwork. Oh shit. You had to do that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh crap. Okay. This is like playing on a new level now, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's also just those I'm getting ready. I mean, this is the current theory, right? Is getting ready to bring on my first time like hires as in 
part-time, full-time employees. That's what the word employees. And that's exciting. And it's also terrifying. Well, the idea that someone's livelihood, I mean, currently their livelihoods are dependent on the business because even though they're contractors, they're, that's still the thing. But uh, it just feels new when there's the legality element of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Well, mm-hmm. for what it's worth, I think that you are well on your way. You have so many things set up and you are ready for it. So don't be too terrified because you're I, from the outsider looking in, you're definitely ready for it. So well, that's exciting. Thank you. Now you're my hype girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. Let Can you share with listeners how they can learn more about you and, and what you, the services that, that you all provide? Sure. So my Instagram is probably the best way to get in touch with me directly. It's just my name at Jasmine Jante. And then uh, our website includes information on all the things that we do. Also my name, jasminejante.com. <laughs> Amazing. And we'll link all of that in the show notes so people can find it. So thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm so excited that I get to see you in a couple of weeks, finally in real life. Excited. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we will chat with you very soon. If you're over there wondering, oh shit, I don't know where to start with building a team or how to hire. I've got you covered. I created a course specifically so you can learn everything I've learned and continue to invest time in improving about setting up your hiring machine. You can enroll and start today at hiringschool.com. P.S. This is the process leading startups are using to scale their teams and we're teaching it to you. 